Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Now, about a week ago, I asked on an Instagram story, what do you want to hear about on the podcast? And thanks to Jess from Flawless Beauty by Jess, she answered and she asked, is it best to specialize in one area of beauty or beauty therapy as a whole? And I actually get asked this question a lot, hair or beauty, but the general question, should I specialize? And I also agree, it's super important. It's an important topic to talk about. And so I really wanted to talk about it here on the podcast. So thanks, Jess. Shout out to you. So my short answer is yes, absolutely yes. You need to specialize in something. Have a focal point. Have a reason for being. And um, beyond just doing beauty or just doing hair. Because everybody just does hair. Everybody just does beauty. So I believe so much in this that I have a masterclass on this very topic inside of my programs, helping owners work out the area of expertise. And I help them focus on what, because of that area of expertise, what you focus on as you deliver your service to your clients. And equally as important, how you send a clear message to the marketplace that you're an expert in X, Y, Z, whatever it is that you choose. And I think this is so important because if you think about the journey of a client when she's looking for a new hair or a service provider, what do they do? They Google, uh, they social stalk, they ask their friends, but how do they choose? And it, because it's not like there's a shortage of salons to choose from, right? I don't know about your area, but when I did my apprenticeship, for example, there were nine salons in one small suburb in a two road crossroad suburb. There were just two roads that crossed over nine salons in that sort of wider intersection. Ridiculous. <laughs> we were all busy, mind you. Um, so um, to make you, your salon, the obvious choice, you need to tell the world why they should come to you because you stand for something. And I know that often the objection that I get or people say to me, oh, but Larissa, I don't want to narrow myself so much because I'm trying to attract everyone. Like I can help everyone in my area. And I know you can, but I don't think you should. Because actually the opposite is true. When you try to appeal to everyone and serve everyone, you actually start speaking to no one. And people just scroll past your everythingness and you become nothingness, <laughs> right? Because no one recognizes that you're speaking to them specifically. People want to trust your skills and expertise before they choose you as a service provider. They want to know that you can look after them, their specific needs, unique, specific situation. Now, you take this for granted sometimes because you do this all day, every day, but they don't see it like that. And if you want to be smart at marketing, you need to tap into the mind of your client, what she's thinking. What does she think when she looks in the mirror in the morning? That's where you need to capture your ideal client, right? 
So the cool thing about this approach is that it lets them, your clients, your potential clients, decide if you are right for them. And it makes the decision really easy. And it change your, changes your marketing strategy from clients, uh, so clients want to come and you're the easy decision for them specifically, rather than your marketing becoming about you trying to convince everybody that you're good enough to come. It's a very different marketing proposition. And there's a whole different energy that goes into it in terms of your time and your effort and uh, your, your energy. Anyway, that's why you should specialize. Jess, the answer is yes, specialize. Never be a generalist. Doesn't mean if you specialize that you can't do other services. That's not the point here. Anyway, I chatted with my team and we decided that I should reveal one of my masterclass strategy sessions inside of my program on this exact topic. Because I, because I have a whole masterclass strategy on this. So I'm going to share it with you on the podcast. Let's jump over into that, uh, that session right now. Hope you enjoy. And get your pen and paper. Hey, welcome. Thank you for joining me. I'm really looking forward to taking you through this strategy step, how to become the expert. Now, this secret that I'm going to share with you today is part of the attraction formula. And... Uh, People are attracted or want to do business with people of authority, a known expert, like a doctor or a specialist or a sports specialist. And, and the same, uh, same mentality goes for the hair and beauty industry. People want to know that you're an expert, that you're qualified and trained, that you uh, specialize in something. Um, and also, how do people choose you out of any other business in your local area? If you think about it from a client's point of view, what is it that makes you stand out? How, are they, how or why are they going to choose you over any other business? And it's got to be more than how pretty your salon looks or um, how nice you are to the locals <laughs> or how good your referrals are. I mean, these are all good strategies that are important, but they only get you so far. How do you stand out from the crowd and attract people uh, so you have a queue of clients waiting to book with your business and make sure that you stand out from the crowd, not you personally, but your brand stands out from the crowd from any other business so it's a clear choice for just the type of client that you want to spend time with. So how do you position your brand as an authority and how do you choose what it is that you're going to become an expert in or that you're already an expert at and you just need to amplify that message out into the marketplace. So let's have a look first of all at what it means to be an expert. Here are some examples of some known experts. Now I don't know if you know Dr. Nassif but he is a plastic surgeon, clearly, and I know him because, not personally, because he has a show uh, with another uh, plastic surgeon and they do specialist uh, plastic surgery. Now, if you need some plastic surgery, you would go not to the local doctor, not to any old plastic surgery. You would look very carefully at what it is that you need to have done and you would choose someone who specializes in um, whatever it is that you specialize in. And so this show, these two gentlemen, one specializes in uh, facial reconstruction, particularly noses, and the other in breast augmentation, up or down, around, around, sideways. So my point is 
there's a clear, they don't do any other types of, uh, you know, what they are known for. They don't do any other types of surgery. They keep very clear to what it is that they're known for. And now celebrities or, or people fly around the world to come to them specifically for what it is that they specialize in and because they are very clear about their boundaries that they do what they do and they don't do. If you want to play professional football, you don't go and get a basketball coach. You get a football coach, right? So now the other thing that these two specialize in, uh, which is uh, unexpected, is that they specialize in fixing up other people's stuff-ups. They specifically market themselves as the fixer-uppers, if you will. Um, they take other people who have a bad, have had bad surgery and they fix them. Now this establishes them as quality experts. Let's look at another one, a little bit more closer to home. This is Jazz, a good friend of mine. She is an Australian brow artist. Now, when I met Jazz, I didn't know that there were brow artists. This was years ago, that someone could specialize in such a small specific thing on the top of our uh, that, that surround our eyes. But lo and behold, those little hairs above our eyebrows now have specialists, right? She's an, make, uh, an amazing makeup artist, actually, and that's her background, that's where she started. But now she's got a specific thing that she is an expert at, she teaches at, she teaches at uh, the Hair and Beauty Expos, she takes classes. Um, and if you wanted to learn how to be better at something, would you not go to a specialist? right? This is something that she stands out from the crowd for. Yes, she can do makeup. Yes, she can do lots of different things. Doesn't mean this is the only thing that she can do. This is where she has stamped her mark in the marketplace. Now, when I had my salon, I had it for 20 years. And over that period of time, we had three specific things that we really focused in on and established ourselves in the marketplace. Now, one of those was the wedding, uh, the wedding market. I saw an opportunity to tap into a market that was desperate for someone to help them. And those were the women who were getting married. Now, if you know, if you've been married or if you helped people get, get married, people plan this out uh, a year in advance. And so I saw this opportunity to grab a client for a specific reason and bring them into our business for a year and then continue to hold them as a client because most brides, after they get married, they cut their hair shorter, they change it, they grow it out specially. And so we created a package that helps them grow their hair, help them keep the color, work towards their wedding dream color and uh, keep it in good condition. We looked after the bridesmaids, we did we brought in makeup artists, all the things, and we had a step-by-step -step process that nurtured them uh, up until the wedding. So we, had to establish ourselves as wedding experts, we went to wedding uh, expos, and we advertised in the wedding mark, uh, magazines, and we called ourselves wedding, uh, wedding hair experts. We uh, asked Google to direct traffic to us uh, using Google ads and keywords and whatever the SEO strategies were of the time, we dominated our area in terms of uh, people looking for wedding solutions. We would always come to the top of the page. Now, interestingly enough, I was never very good at long hair. I wanted to be good at it. I quite liked it. But in fact, I was petrified. If I ever got in the early days, if I ever got a 
bride, one of my clients was getting married and I had to do the hair, I would take a long time, my hands would shake, I'd get really nervous. I wasn't good at it, I wasn't trained, I was making shit up to be honest. Um, but when I saw this opportunity, I was like, well, we need to sort this out. We went as a team, uh, we chose a few that went to some hair ups, I went to some hair up classes, I started to get good at it. Now what was interesting was because I'd established myself, trained myself and trained my team to become good at wedding hair, uh, I then got the opportunity to become a long hair specialist for L'Oreal. And I traveled the country teaching long hair for L'Oreal. Now, had I not established myself and decided to, um, to you know, get good at long hair, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. And L'Oreal was, you know, looking for someone to come into um, their specialist team who could do long hair, and there weren't a lot of them. So the, the opportunity built upon itself. And of course, to be known then in the industry and to travel for the industry and have a company back you really does a lot for uh, your profile and for the business profile. So everybody won. Um, and as a result, because we had this profile now, it was important that we maintained that. And so as new team members came into our team, it was right up there at the beginning of the um, interview exercise, can you do long hair? And we had, uh, uh, um, I hate rules, we had a code, if you will, that uh, meant that we don't do, I don't do. So if someone came to the salon and said, oh, I don't do long hair, and I would say, okay, well, that's fine, but we don't do, I don't do. So you will come into our long hair training program so you can do long hair. We are, we are long hair specialists. So if you want to work here, we'll put you, we're happy to train you, but you, we don't do, I don't do. So you must come to, to the ballpark. Now, did that mean that some people didn't come and work for us? Probably. Um, did it hold us back from growing? Absolutely not. What it meant is that people came knowing what to expect and knowing that we stood for something. Um, and for the most part, people loved that and they loved getting the training and loved having the focus. We had a wedding specialist in the salon that did all the consultations and managed the whole process. Uh, it was a very successful uh, expertise uh, focus for us, a, a marketing angle. Now, years later, uh, we'd establish ourselves with that. We didn't have to put you know, the, the pedal to the metal quite so much to uh, establish ourselves in the marketplace. We had some visibility. We were well on our way. We decided to become color specialists because, of course, color for a hair salon uh, is... Uh, the most profitable service. So we decided to focus on that. And we started to create quarterly, uh, uh, I guess seasonal, but we did it quarterly um, campaigns. And we would decide on um, a fashion look and we created packages around the look of the season and different techniques that we could offer our clients. And we packaged them up, we gave them a name, we sold them as a packaged. And uh, we changed it with the season. We created the design together as a team and we talked about it. We blogged about it. We uh, sent our newsletter out to our clients about it. We posted it on social. We put it on the mirror talkers. We put it behind reception. We put it in our drinks menu. And um, we became really known for creating and serving the latest look. Now, we would take that look on the back of often the L'Oreal um, 
collection, uh, but we would go to fashion shows and we would keep our finger on the pulse as a team of what was in. And then we would create our packages around that um, and then give them to our clients. And that really made us stand out. It made clients come back. Did every client have the latest look? Absolutely not. But um, it meant that there was a talking point. There was a focal point. People looked to us for what is in fashion. Even if they didn't want to take the latest fashion, they looked to us as the experts. And... Um, and, and wanted to be part of that. Now later, our third foray, if you will, into having an ex area of expertise is we decided to become sustainable. And at that time, luckily enough for us, um, the first ammonia-free color came out onto the market. Um, and of course we grabbed it with both arms and we spent 12 months, my business was called Blue Cactus, and we spent 12 months when uh, Blue Cactus went green. And every month we did a new initiative towards becoming sustainable um, and low chemicals and eco-friendly and all of those things. And it was, a, again, it was a great focal point for us to market and attract a new market into our business. And of course, all the greenies and the tree huggers and the sustainable people started to pay attention and started to come and visit us. Not the greeny ones that didn't want to have color, the, the greeny ones that wanted to have their hair colored and they still cared about the way that they look and they felt. Um, but they wanted to come to a business and support a business that was being conscious uh, of chemicals and the way that we treated the world. And so those were our three areas of expertise that really helped us establish our, um, our ranking, if you will, in the marketplace in our local um, city. So let's have a look at a couple of others. I'm just going to share their Instagram profiles only just to give you some sort of visual representation to give you some ideas of what types of things could you, should you, would you stand out for the marketplace? Now it doesn't always have to be uh, a specialist uh, technique, like a lot of people decide to be balayage specialists, for example, that's a trend that's lasted quite a long time. Uh, and it's an easy one to be specialist at or a blonde specialist. But here's um, Color Christina. She's not a salon owner. She's a stylist within a salon and she's established herself, 24,000 uh, people following her as a color specialist. Now she teaches the industry color, of course, but she also is a stylist in a salon and does beautiful color. But you can clearly see by her coloring and her um, Instagram profile, she does reds and blondes and yellows and the latest trend. I do wonder if that will change as her uh, as the trend changes. But you go to her profile, you know who she is, what she does. And if you are in the market for that type of hair, if you're attracted to that, would you go to her? Absolutely. It's really clear what it is that she does and that she's an expert and she stands out for something. All right, main salon, um, another good friend of mine. Now they're a, a sustainable salon and it really is a focal point for them. As a result, they have chosen Kevin Murphy, who are also eco-friendly and sustainable as a area of expertise as, as part of their branding. And so they have aligned themselves, Maine have aligned themselves with um, Kevin Murphy. Uh, of course, she subsequently has become the color director. But despite that, um, I love that they bring the sustainable part into their whole business story. For example, everything that they do is being eco-friendly and sustainable. So even the cups that they use to serve the coffee are reused, recycled. Nothing is new. Uh, they buy as little new as possible and they try and um, recycle and, re and um, reuse everything. 
they're a really fashion forward company they're really active on social um, and sustainability is kind of at the core of what uh, what they do all right dry and tea I also love this one actually now they one of the they were one of the early leaders to the marketplace in terms of being a uh, styling only bar and I love that they meshed this not styling only but a, a styling you know a blow dry bar basically and they meshed it with this really uh, unique story of being a tea house so you would come and have a high tea and a blow dry like how cool is that that's something that's really different if you need to go and have your hair done especially for a specialist uh, a special event where would you go where would you go with the ladies you would with your girlfriends you would go and have high tea and a blow dry would you not now they're a full service salon they do all of the things um, but what a good inroad for new clients coming in who have not met them before not been them, with them before ladies that come in for a wedding party for example you are now um, have some visibility over this brand and you might choose next time you need a hair or beauty service provider you would choose to come to that brand so again they've got beautiful branding it's very on, on uh, they've got clear color tones they've established their brand for a really clear reason now sister uh, sister's hair design um, again look beautiful the branding is uh, fantastic I love that they're specializing in brunettes and textured blondes this is a little bit different how many people say we, we specialize in brunettes how good is that most people are say oh we specialized in blondes and I love that they're not specializing in any blondes they're specializing in textured blonde very specific um, so uh, yes I like that one let's have a look at another blondies here you can see the vibe of blondies is very clear and if I am that client um, and that's the thing that I'm attracted to where will I go absolutely I, I will go there um, does that mean that people who want to or don't want to have unicorn hair would go there no it doesn't mean that but it does mean that um, you would go to if you were a unicorn type of person you would go to that business just like Stevie English now I like the Stevie English has a, uh, a different vibe around coming from the UK he's really brought that into the salon into the vibe he often employs people from the UK he's got a very specific style and look he is hair color specialists um, and you can see the vibe and the tone very quickly when you look at uh, when you look at the brand right does that make sense now just like in the ideal client exercise you know when you narrow your focus like this you're not alienating other people in fact the more specific you are about what it is that you stand for and that you do the more uh, you will uh, you will be attractive to your specific ideal client so how do we make sure that we have a really clear um, crossover between what it is that you specialize in and what the client actually wants so as you start to think about what it is that you want to specialize in uh, and become an expert at I want you really to consider these things um, and the first one is what talents what raw talents do you actually have uh, in your business that you can um, draw on for your area of expertise so first of all you 
what is it that you already do? And if, and if you don't already do something, what is it that you could do? What do you want to do? What are you passionate about? Um, what could you be an expert at, right? I'm going to make this a little bit bigger. Because what's really important is that you find this sort of middle ground here um, of this is where your area of expertise, this is where you position your marketing at, okay? So this is your talent, so that may be long hair, maybe you, maybe it's not long hair yet, but it's something you can upskill it. Maybe it's precision cutting, maybe it's a specific way of treating and looking after uh, skin. Um, and what are your passions? What do you actually care about? And I want you to think beyond just you and include your team, but make sure that it is something, this sort of, crossover between uh, passion and talent needs to be something that's sustainable beyond you being the focal point, but also transcends your team evolving. So for me, I, you know, my talent was not long hair, although I decided to make it long hair, but then I also made sure that I had a system within my business that we regularly trained on long hair, whether I trained the team or I sent them off to long hair courses um, year on year. Um, that I could maintain that even as I stepped away from clients and as my team changed. Because the one thing that is definitely uh, for sure is that you will have team change. That is something that is constant. So make sure whatever it is that you decide that you are um, able to maintain it as you go through change. And then of course, make sure that your ideal client um, your ideal client wants what you do. Do you know, if your market is um, short women, professional women with short hair and they're having regrowth and you become wedding specialists, maybe you've missed the mark there. People get married in their 20s predominantly. And if, you're, if your primary client is in her 40s and 50s, then maybe that doesn't match. So make sure you've got some sanity here and find this middle ground, okay? So, what I want you to do now is, is it's time to take action. I want you to grab uh, the Become the Expert activity uh, sheet and it's time for you now to start working through this. Okay, and that's a wrap. Now I go on to walk my students, rather my salon owners, through the step-by-step -step strategies to complete the project. But there's no reason why you can't have a good go at this yourself now. I truly believe that this simple strategy is one of the most important foundational game-changing strategies that you can, get, you can do. Like clarity and focus is what will propel you forward. So find yourself a little nook and take the time to work on this. Anyway, if you want more help working on your marketing strategies, I'd love to help. Let's chat more about how I can help you go grow your salon faster, stronger, without overwhelmingly complicated long to-do lists or working more hours. We can just chat in Messenger. I'll leave you the link to connect with me in the show notes below. And otherwise, I look forward to connecting with you next week on the podcast. Ciao. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for 
answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.